0: Well, hello. Welcome. It is noon Eastern Standard Time, and you are tuned in to Steelers Nation Radio, so that must mean it is time for the Steelers Blitz. And, yes, this is Arthur Motes, flanked by the one and only Wesley Yule. Decade of NFL experience. Amazing head of hair. At the end of this thing, y'all will be able to figure out who is who. But either way, it is a bye week, so that means goodbye. We're not working today. We'll
1: holler. <laughs> All right. See See ya.
0: I changed my mind. I changed my mind. We'll okay, get one okay, show. we okay, get one okay. show. That, that's a compromise, right? I don't want to be here. Wes does want to be here. It is the bye week but Omar Khan was working yesterday. Oh, so yeah. Sin- so since cooking. he was working yesterday, I felt like, you know, we should come in here and work the day as well. So, yes, we are going to have our normal show today. Only show, you know, for the rest of the week. Um, we will be taking some time off because that's what you're supposed to do in the bye week
1: Hey, NFL mandates at least four days off in a row. Yeah, so we're just following that that extends to us. We're just we don't
0: want to upset Commissioner Goodell. it, It is that simple. He has a lot on his plate right now. Okay. But Omar Khan was in the lab yesterday cooking up something nice. Or something not nice, but either way we will have a chance <laughs> to fully break it down today and also get your thoughts, comments, concerns on some of the moves that were made yesterday. So definitely want you guys in your participation with that easiest way to do is on the twitter.com at the body fifty da two. body and at Wesley Euler. The good hair. And speaking of, man, um initial reaction to Just the first trade, because obviously we knew multiple moves were made yesterday, but just that first move, uh, for those that don't know, Chase Claypool um, was traded to the Chicago Bears yesterday for a second-round draft pick in the 2023 draft. and the other move that the Steelers made was trading for William Jackson III, seventh-year corner out of uh, – formerly with the Washington Commanders, also with the Cincinnati Bengals, um, swapped late-round picks. I believe it was a seventh and a sixth.
1: I believe you are correct. Yeah.
0: And um, obviously we took on him, but we don't have to take on his full contract. I believe it's 2770000 million we're on the hook for. And then after that, we have flexibility to move forward. But um, sticking with the first trade. Chase Claypool. What was your initial reaction before you even saw compensation or include when you saw the compensation, mm-hmm. just in the sense of it being him? Sure. What was that thought Hemisphere. process for you? Yeah.
1: Uh, twofold. The first was when just, you know, the breaking news, Chase Claypool has been traded. Something that had been speculated uh, here in this town over the last couple weeks. Something that I wasn't going to believe until it actually happened. A, a little twofold. The The first part of that was I thought – Wow, you know, they're not doing the offense in the in the rookie quarterback any favors mm-hmm. because we all know they've struggled to score points. They they haven't always struggled to move the ball. They've had a lot of actually stretches where they've done well moving the ball, but they've struggled to score points. Uh, oh, uh they've they've hit twenty once this season or twice this season. Pardon me. Um, uh, just Has it only been to, I to say Cincinnati right yeah. and Tampa Bay. Wow.
0: It's crazy when you say it like that, but yeah, you're they right, man. They average
1: the least amount of points per game in the National Football League.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that was my kind of my initial reaction was, hey, man, you, you're really you know, taking away an option, a weapon from an offense that's already struggling from a rookie quarterback that's yeah. going through his, his growing pains. But when I saw that it was a second-round draft pick, then the kind of second part of that was, I think that's good business. Mm-hmm. I think that's smart business because... This is the kind of contract year for Chase Claypool, if you will, right? That third season that we always talk about. I think we can all agree the Steelers probably weren't going to extend him this offseason. That just didn't seem like it was in the cards. And so with that, I do think it's good business. That's kind of where I'm at here on this Wednesday. I think they just made life a little bit more difficult on the offense and the rookie quarterback. But I also think in the bigger picture, this was a smart move. This was good business. Um, you get George Pickens more involved. We know Deontay is this team's wide receiver number one. We could debate, you know, is he a number one wide receiver until the cows come home, but he is this team's wide receiver one unquestioned. We all believe in Pickens. Maybe part of this, too, is they've got a lot of faith that next year Calvin Austin is going to be ready to go and contribute as well, too, and they just didn't think that Chase Claypool was going to be on the team beyond 2023. Those were kind of my initial reactions. It does take something off the table for the offense, but I think when you consider... You know, they they drafted him, was it 49th overall, I believe, mm-hmm. and this pick could easily be higher than that. Uh, I, I, I do think in the bigger picture it was smart business, certainly.
0: I like that thought process. Um, For me, man, I kind of, you know. Where are you at,
1: Arthur? No, no,
0: no I'm, I'm in between a lot of that, honestly. Um, When we first talk about the compensation element of it, yeah, second round draft pick for Chase Claypool I think is good, just in the simple fact that, I didn't think he was going to get a second-round draft pick you, for him.
1: You normally don't get yeah. the same level of draft pick that you spent on the guy. Yeah,
0: but even regardless of all that, I just think of in the sense of, is Chase Claypool worth a second-round draft pick to me? Like, regard, like when we talk about running back value, okay, that sounds good. Christian McCaffrey, he's not running back value. He's Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I don't care about where he was drafted. Derek I'm like, Henry, hey, certain players, yeah, Cook, yeah, certain yeah, players it's like Chubb. they transcend their position they are worth X amount of compensation. And when I think of Claypool, I just never thought of him as a second-round draft pick-type compensation guy. Very similar when we talk about Najee and some of the people that have floated the idea or the concept of potentially moving on from him, I'm like, I get it, but what are you getting in return for him? Nothing close to a first. And that was always my disconnect. So to see that it was a second-round draft pick for Chase, and then when you even think, now granted, it's not apples to apples, but Antonio Brown, we moved on from him, the conversation that we received in that vein, this was surprising. Yeah. Um, And for Chase, I do think it's a good opportunity for him. Number one, gets you out of the pressure of being in Pittsburgh. We talk about Steelers fans. They're great, but they're also terrible in the sense of how toxic they can be, how negative they can be. Now, when you're great here or you're doing what they need, they're going to support the heck out of you. But if you ever fall out of grace with them for whatever reason, it can be very challenging going forward. And I think Chase – kind of fell into that with the whole tiktok and things like that where it became even though it's not necessarily affecting his play on the field everything is going to always have that type of negative connotation if he struggles because of that type of stuff so i do think in that vein that's going to help him also sometimes you need to have your eyes open and that's a difference um or that happens at times when You go from feeling comfortable at your job because you're the second round draft pick, because you're getting opportunities, because you seem as if even if I'm not playing well, they're still going to give me opportunities. Well, now when they actually move you and move on from you within three years, when most people, they Mm -hmm. get drafted, all of us do the same thing. We all assume we're going to play and end our career there. We all think it. And when you find out that that's not the case, we all go through some hurt, regardless of if you love the organization, hate the organization, you're going to go through some hurt. Because you're like, dang,
1: they they didn't here. work out. Now I, they
0: don't I, want me. Yeah. So you go through that. But that also gives you a chance to reinvent yourself, so to speak, to redefine your professionalism and how you see this game. And that's when you start hearing guys say, it's a business. That's when you start hearing that. It's less about the ha-ha, key. Oh, man, we're having fun, brother, brother. It's like, nah, this is a business. This is a profession. And if I do not do what I'm supposed to do or to a level that is satisfactory to management, I can see that I'm still very much expendable, even if I was a second-round draft pick. They still played well here. Don't act like he was a bum here. This dude definitely was a productive player throughout his time here. But that was the other part. It's like, man, I'm hoping that that helps him in terms of the consistency, in terms of understanding the significance of what it means to be a professional. I don't care about potential. And as you can see, teams don't care about potential to that extent. They will take the next potential, which is that second-round draft pick, and look at their chart of who the receivers that they've taken in the second round and say, well, you know, what, let's bank on that potential materializing into productivity on a faster clip. Correct. So I did. I do hope that that has a positive impact on him. But um, now as we take it to the offense and the immediate impact, the short term. I love it and I hate it. I love it because it'll give George Pickens more opportunities. And we do think that he has a lot of talent. We can see some of the foundations and stuff like that. But. I still don't love the move because, number one, (laughs) I'm taking something that was further along in terms of its progression at the NFL level and shipping that off. Mm -hmm. And I'm not helping out my young quarterback this season, which when I first saw the move, I was like, okay, is this a we're going to go full rebuild and we're stocking up? But then as we saw later on, They did not continue on with that, so that was why I was a little bit conflicted with it. They went out and added elsewhere, yeah. Yeah, I was a little bit conflicted with that because, yes, George Pickens, man, I think that he can be a really good player, but today he's not that dominant player just yet. And part of that is him, part of that is play call, part of that is Kenny Pickett. But regardless of those three reasons, the solution or the end result right now is we've taken away one of our most proven receivers. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Is that over 850 yards and, receiving and the past when you're two seasons? About these
0: past two games, yeah. he's been one of the guys that have really come on. Have really been playing a lot more consistent as well. So when I see that, I'm just like I don't love any of the short-term effect that it's going to have outside of Pickens getting more opportunities out there.
1: Right. Maybe maybe open up a, maybe it opens up a little bit for Firemouth too, Fryermouth too in the middle of the field, but But once again, the, the, I won't hold my breath on that no, one. this
0: is my thing. So I was watching that tape Again this morning, oh, this man breaking down tape specifically for those comments okay, right there, perfect. not from you, but for anybody sure, that sure, says, sure. "Oh, middle of the field, middle of the field." No, middle of the field is most people wide running wide open, middle of the field, no. absolutely at all throws. Receiver, running back, tight ends, he's just not looking. Or at times the pressure has gotten there, but this dude's wide open middle of the field. So, and I wanted to like I was making sure because oh, it's like, hey, yo, I'm, we cause glad when, you did. Just because when we talk about the progression, right? Remember at first it was like we couldn't move the ball it was like, oh, now we're moving the ball. So when people came on yeah, on Monday, Sean was like, yo, we don't move the ball. He's like, no, we had 12-play drive, 15-plus, 12-play, 8-plays. So that showed that that was no longer there. They're just not finishing. I looked at the whole middle-of-the-field concept. No, it's dudes in the middle of the field. It's schemed up, front side, back backside. It's there. But with rookie quarterbacks, you do have the popcorn. Sometimes he's not anticipating the guy coming open. So he's waiting to see him be open. And we said that's different college. You see the guy open NFL. You have to anticipate he's going to be there. And there's certain reads that he's having where he's not anticipating this guy clearing And that split second, instead of him anticipating it. Now he goes to the next read and now it's not there or he pulls it, but it's like, no, these guys are there. So it's like, I hope that that does hurt. But at the same time, I'm like for Kenny, what I see at times is like his fail safe is either run or throw the back shoulder. Right. And it's cool, but as you pointed out, and as now y'all saw on social media circulate, and it's like this is a play where you can't always rely on the back shoulder. You Correct. have to understand how to read that. No know, was knowing cool. to
1: throw them open downfield. And think yeah. about
0: it early on. That was cool, right? Early on, we never really picked up on all these we're throws like, Ooh, in back, look shoulder. Was was back like, shoulder. Like, look at this is beautiful. Throws, that's nice. And now it's like, bro, I thought you were reading these. Now it's looking too, like you in love you're, with it, right? Now it's looking like you're not reading it. You're just throwing it. And early on, they were just making you write. Now DBs, especially James Bradbury, who plays for the back shoulder. <laughs> it's like, yo, you're letting this guy off the hook right here, man. Yeah. But that's the part for Kenny where it's like, yo, he has to be better. But then it's times where you are talking about the protection. It's like, that's not there either. You know, I'm like, okay, this guy's about to come. This guy's about to be He's about to be the play. He's got his eyes on him. Oh, protection's here. Now he can't get out. You know, now he can't <laughs> see the dude. Sure. But when I think of Chase, I'm like, dang, at times Chase did kind of give him the safety blanket. He was kind of the safety valve.
1: He was the whoopee in a way, you know, and he was maybe getting there at least. Right, right. Yeah. So
0: now I'm like, you're taking him away. I'm like, ah, for Kenny, I don't like this at all.
1: Yeah, I don't love it for I Kenny. Don't. I'm with you on that. And the big picture, I love it. But for the for yeah. these last what nine games of the season yeah, and even for, for your rookie about, and QB, think about
0: how we were starting to run routes for Claypool versus Pickens. Pickens is still vertical, vertical stop route, right? Chase, it was more than just vertical and stops. You were seeing the drags. You were seeing the cross runs. You were seeing him spot up in the middle of the ball. Yep. Slot work in that area. Yep. Well, that is a pseudo tight end. So, when we talked about Claypool, we talk about Fram being a safety blanket, that was why. Because you put him in those positions, and those are the type of routes, so it's easy for Kenny to see it. It's easy for him to read it, and they win faster. Whereas now, it's like, dang, where are you going to get that at, necessarily? You know? But... The compensation does make sense. And I also heard when you had, when you, uh, and this is the last part I have right here, but just in the sense of when you were talking about it was no guarantee or we probably weren't going to re-sign him this offseason, I paused in that sense because Deontay Johnson a year ago saying, well, well that's we weren't expecting point. to pay him it's, either. A
1: very, it's a very good point.
0: And by the end of the season, he did what he did. And even then, a lot of us weren't even thinking about him Contract wise, until the Pro Bowl happened and the report started to come out that he was looking for a contract. So, with that, that's my only thing. I'm like, sure, sure. man, we've seen how quickly that could change. <laughs> he, yes, went, yeah. he went from no contract, not even thought, to getting 18 a year. Like overnight. Overnight. <laughs> like realistically, bro. So He was like doing the whole yeah. thing at training camp,
1: and we were all like, you know all what right, mean? what's going on here? I mean, yeah. this isn't going to go anywhere. How's this going to end? And then all it's of like, a sudden.
0: 18, oh, like, whoa, what? <laughs> okay, what? all right. So, it did work. Yeah. <laughs> So that was the part for me where I'm like, with Claypool, yes, today we weren't thinking about it, but that very well could have come no, that's, into play. That's a good point, you know, certainly a couple months down the line and stuff like that, man. But um, yeah, those are you know kind of my initial thoughts on it, man. Definitely, like I said, on the Twitter.com, let us know your initial thoughts as yeah. well, man, on the Claypool element um, in terms of him being moved. We'll obviously get to the trade that we made after that in the second mm-hmm. portion of this thing, but mm-hmm. for the first part, I definitely wanted to just like hit that part sure. first. Let know?
1: me let me ask you this too, I. I think a lot of people yesterday, you you know this, mm-hmm. uh, I know you, you feel the, the pulse of, of the Steeler Nation, um, the comments on your YouTube page, yeah. the tweets that you and I get during the show, just the, the stuff we see on social media and, and here in, in sports talk circles around this city. I think a lot of people were angling, were jonesing, were hoping for the Steelers to treat this season like a rebuild. Right, Deontay said that word a couple weeks ago. But they,
0: but they just now started saying that people start right. People, they, they they just now got to that because initially, with standards to standard, it has to be Super Bowl. Correct, yeah. correct.
1: But a lot of people, I think, you know, particularly in the last two weeks, with how things played out against Miami and then against Philadelphia, and you've you know, what is it now? Lost five of your last six. Yeah, six of your last seven. Something like that. No, five of your last six because they're two and six. Too much. Yeah, five of your last. Which six. is really too, too many. Um, a lot of people. We're angling for this, you know. Stop. You're right. Not the whole season, but over the last couple weeks, mm-hmm. stop treating this like you're like you're trying to win every single season. Yep. Take a step back, look at the big picture, rebuild this thing a little bit, retool this thing a little bit, short some maybe some short term pain for mm-hmm. some long term gain. I think a lot of people were doing a victory lap or celebrating in that regard yesterday. Oh, well, look at this. This means that the Steelers are rebuilding. This means that the Steelers aren't that concerned about this year, and they're going to start looking forward to the future, and they're trying to stockpile draft picks in X, Y, and Z. Oh, my God.
0: And we get his first losing season for Coach Tomlin. I can't wait. I've been waiting for 30 years for this. It's finally happening. Woohoo! That, too. Yeah.
1: I I don't see a, a lot of people. Oh, well, hey, hey, Omar Khan's the guy now, and he's taking the reins, and this is a different era of Steelers football. I didn't. Did you feel that seismic shift? No. You're trading. You're trading a wide receiver for a second round pick. Now, if they would have traded Cam Hayward and Edmonds and Chase Claypool and maybe somebody else, then I'm thinking, okay, you know what? They're they're really acknowledging the Carolina Panthers. They're really acknowledging that they need to 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 retool this thing and rebuild this thing in a big way. They traded a wide receiver for a second round pick.
0: Literally, I would
1: have. I, I don't see some seismic shift in the way that the Steelers are operating. And that was one of the things that yesterday I think a lot of people, oh, this is great. This means that they're just trying to get the best draft pick possible, and they're, and they're stockpiling picks now. And, oh, man, could Cam Hayward be on the way out? And, oh, man, could Terrell not Evans it, be Cam. on the way
0: out? Not, not killing Cam. Y'all didn't try to do Oh, kill it? yeah. If you were on That's Twitter yesterday, it, Cam,
1: well, would you trade Cam Hayward for a second-round pick? Mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't feel that seismic shift, Motzi. Again, I just thought that this was the right time to make a smart business deal. And yeah, you, you certainly will take a half step back here, but it's not some again, I keep coming back to that word. It's not some seismic shift in organizational philosophy. At least I I don't think so. I think this was a one time one off, you know,
0: good long term no, business we, we decision. we can't even say that. Let's be real. We've been seeing them make moves. How did Minka get here? That was aggressive then. That was against the mode then that was up a to get, shock up then. to get Devin Bush. Yeah, so we've already seen this type of behavior from them in terms of them being more aggressive with acquiring talent for their roster or being aggressive in the sense of moving on from players as well. So we've seen these type of things. It's just one of those things we don't always, you know, put a lot of I guess attention or we don't pay a lot of attention to it because of how frequently or how infrequently this happens. But of lately we have been seeing an uptick here in Pittsburgh, at least
1: like Freeman tweets us and says they could have done this same thing with James Washington last year. They chose not to. This is against the norm. I agree. It's against the norm. But I think it's more the exception to the rule as opposed to, oh, this is who the Steelers are now.
0: Now, we said we could have done it for James Washington. He wasn't going to get a second round pick. He also draft pick wasn't going to get anywhere close to what Chase Claypool yeah. was going to get. Yeah. You remember, James Washington in house, we thought the potential was there. He was pissed because he wanted to move on, but he decided to kind of, you know, be quiet about it. But he never had enough. No, he didn't have back to back 850
1: yard receiving, and 14 touchdowns yeah. like Chase Claypool.
0: So his market was going to be drastically different. Best yes. case, you're getting a six round pick for him. I don't want to trade James Watson a year ago for a six-round pick. No. That makes no sense. I'd rather take my chances yeah, and see what it is. It's like the people
1: now who are like, why didn't you trade Mason Rudolph? What, what for For a conditional seventh-round pick? I mean, like, What are we doing? What, what, what are we doing? Just for the sake of saying we traded him. Just for the sake of, why didn't you get rid of Mitch Trubisky? Right. For, for what? Everybody, you realize everybody else in the league,
0: they watch games
1: too. No, no, no,
0: no, no. <laughs> they, they know they, what they the don't, roster makeup they, is they, too. They, they don't watch these guys. No, 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 no. Of course they don't do that.
1: And that's why I thought this was Freeman's right. This is against the norm. Yeah, it certainly is against the norm.
0: But, but we've had a new norm of lately. It, it,
1: that's we've had a new norm of lately. And to me, Arthur Moats, this was like in a way, this was I think a Godfather type moment for the Steelers. Like the Chicago Bears made you an offer that you couldn't refuse. It's a second round draft pick for Chase Claypool. It's a second round draft pick from the Chicago Bears.
0: Which is cool, but I think that could be a
1: top forty pick.
0: Yeah, we're supposed to get. I think this was we get the Ravens one. I think it no, was. they said that it was, oh, was the that, that, that that it, okay. it's, it's the Bears one. Yeah, Schefter uh-huh. came out and said that last That's night.
1: Good, that could be that could be a top forty yeah. pick. That could be 41, 42. Mm-hmm. That to me is again. There's a there's a difference between a shift in organizational philosophies and an exception to the rule. A good business, a one off business deal. I would not get used to the Steelers yeah. being sellers at the trade deadline. And I I know that we'll talk about William Jackson the third, but I think we can still agree that they, they were more sellers at the deadline
0: than they were buyers. Um, Just because the deal was better doesn't mean that that was their mentality because we could easily make a case that the move that they did make to bring a guy in is going to have more impact potentially than anything they did mm. this offseason. Maybe I'm just
1: thinking in terms of capital. right? Oh, okay. like, yeah, like, in terms of the
0: draft capital, yeah, sure, but in yeah. terms of on-field impact, mm. yeah, they got a player that's going to help them right now definitely and potentially depending on how he plays out here this season – you might have a guy for the next, like, two. You know, I want to go for three, probably. <laughs> two or three. You my drift, yeah.
1: Two or three. You know. Yeah, it's, it is. It's It's another example, like you said. The Steelers have been doing things like this more often.
0: Yeah.
1: Trading for Mega Fitzpatrick, first-round pick, first time since one of the hosts on this show likes to say, since the Beatles were on tour, right uh not having a first round draft pick going up and getting devin bush in the mm-hmm. top 10 a, a lot of these different scenarios that that we've pointed to they've been it feels like a little more aggressive in free agency over the last couple of years than they yeah. than they typically have been in the past and again there was always exceptions to that you know james Farrier was a free agent addition oh, yeah. i mean they they Absolutely. had they had certainly their their fair share of, of good free agent signings ryan clark was a free mm-hmm. agent signing mm-hmm. um but that's where i i i just keep coming back to I think it was in the bigger picture and what yeah. you have this year. You are you're, you're probably taking a half of a step back, um, but it could be some some short term gain or pain. Excuse me for for a longer term gain. Yeah,
0: it's gonna be unique though, man.
1: I'm very interested Just, to see what expect, the offense uh, uh, looks yes. like next Sunday against like, New Orleans.
0: Because even watching the tape, and I'm looking at how much Chase is out there, how you know involved he is, running game, he's in the action. Sometimes you keep him like a fullback. Right. You know? Then pass game is in the action. Jet Sweep is in the action. So it's like, who? How? Who? What, what, what is this gonna look like? What
1: are you an owl? Who? Yeah,
0: I need I need to see this one. So this is gonna be really unique, man. Ooh. But but I'm excited though. I'm excited. And for Matt Canada, man, this is just another opportunity for him as well. I would agree. Prove, you know, that you can still be creative, that you can overcome anything else that has been thrown on your plate. You know, to to ultimately do something to save your job, so to speak, man. Like I said, schematically though, I do see guys open, yeah, middle it, of the field too. So I will say, like this I week said, I he, think he has to be all about. Yeah, but he has to keep improving it. He has to, has to, otherwise. And we're yeah. hey, you're right. We I mean, we've we seen to it around see. the league too, man. People say it's some coordinators that that are having extended or uh, early vacations.
1: Yes, there are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Indianapolis making some moves yesterday. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, that's what this comes down to, me though, is is you and I have laid out. The Steelers, and, and we're talking particularly on offense here. Yeah, like, they're not some fish out of water with no direction. The plays are there to be made. They've made some of them. They've at times moved the ball well. They've been. All Swedish no finish when they get down in the red zone. Mm-hmm. To use my old hockey coach analogy that I've brought up a few times here on the show before, all Swedish, no finish. Um but now you got you got the bye week, you got time to reset. Again, like we've talked about, you've got more games at home than on the road the rest of the way. You don't have to travel much. Your furthest trip the rest of the season is to Carolina. Um it's it's time to start making some plays.
0: And it also is time for us to start getting ready for a break. So when we come back, though, we will flip it and talk about the other part of the action that we had on the trade deadline. But you don't want to touch that Dallas Moss, Wesley Euler on Steelers Nation Radio. You've spent all winter stuck inside imagining your next big home project. A bigger, brighter kitchen. A fabulous new fence. The possibility of a pool. There's so much you would do if only you could. The good news? With an S&T Home Equity total line of credit, you can. We've got your back with financial flexibility, and we're here to support you with exceptional customer service. So dream as big as you want, and we'll help you bring those dreams home. At ST, it's just what we do. ST Bank,
1: member FDIC, equal housing lender.